0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope.
1: Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing pretty well. I got myself moved in uh, in the new apartment. Uh, my girl, I'm living with my girlfriend for the first time, so she's uh, already trying to break me of my, my bad habits of, of being messy. So I'm, I'm, I'm going through that process, but it's going well. Your dad's a little sore too from walking up and down those stairs, but that's that's just
0: another
2: day. So, again, two guys in a truck. You guys missed out on that, you, you yeah. know. So, how you doing, John? No, doing well. Working on my golf game. You know, looking forward to playing some golf with uh, uh, Ryan Masters, Chris Pope, and and Austin Elam. You know, a little uh little coach about like basketball coach golf match there.
0: Yeah, use the word. We're all we're all really good. I, I, I still I'm still having a hard time visualizing that when you mentioned that to me this morning. But uh, I, if you send the scorecard to me, take a picture of it, send it to me and then let me let me be the judge of that. But regardless, uh, we have a great show planned today, fellas. Uh, in just a few minutes, we'll be talking to Celine Guard Ellis Stemmer, who recently committed to Lehigh University, a Division One school located in Pennsylvania. And that's definitely one of the perks of doing this podcast. We get to talk to some big-time high school athletes from the area, which reminds me, uh, I'm sure you've heard, that one of our former guests, Julian Lewis of Ann Arbor-Huron, has committed to the College of William & Mary, another D1 school located in Virginia. Great news for that young man. And that leads me to a trivia question that I'd like to ask both of you. Who was the only William & Mary player selected during the modern NBA draft? which is basically since 1989 when they went to two rounds. If you know this, Ooh. if you know this, can I'm going to a, a clue? Back. Like, what, what year were they drafted in? 2015. Oh, recent. By the Celtics.
2: In, okay. In the second round. Well, oh, wow. That's a lot of clues. Yeah. Man. I wonder, do you know if they're
1: still on the roster? They're still,
2: still on the Celtics. He <laughs> not. They
0: it? never played a game. Guy's, Mar- oh. guy's name was Marcus Thornton. Uh, never played a game had a 10-day contract but never got on the court he's still playing overseas in the top league in germany did a lot of d league g league stuff and overseas but i just uh just threw that out there figured that would uh uh you know impress you with my knowledge but um it's, it's also called wikipedia but, um, <laughs> well hey, hey Ju- and-
1: julian can be the first
0: then could. i would not go. Wouldn't surprise me <laughs> You know, it, it, making an NBA roster is not, not an easy thing, nor is making a college roster for that matter. But that also got me thinking about high school basketball rosters. And with football season on hold until the spring, let's face it, it's basketball season. So, so let's, chat, <laughs> let's chat a little bit about what goes into establishing a roster, number of guys you should keep, skill sets, personalities, how many from each grade, all those factors. And Derek, I, I know you haven't had a lot of experience in, in, in picking a roster, but you've been on a lot of teams and I, and I know you've given it great thought and have an idea of what you're looking for. So what comes to mind when you think of creating a roster?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's really important to in- take into account all the things that you've mentioned. Uh, one of the first things I like to look at is, you know, how many guys are you planning on playing, right? The, the unique thing about the high school game is it's – well, we've talked about the shot clock enough, but it can be a slow game and we don't play a ton of games and all of this stuff. So you really don't have to play as many guys if you don't want to. Um, so I, th- I think sometimes it's good to start with that. Um, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy who if you've only got seven guys that that are, are ready to play, I guess you could say then I'm willing to, to just roll with those seven. And then if you're going to have a smaller roster like that, that might affect your what guys you're selecting at the, uh, at the end of your roster there. Um, at the same time, if you're, you know, playing an, uh, an tempo pace or you've got a really, really balanced, deep program, you know, maybe you're going to try and play 10 guys or more. Um, yep. but, but really when it comes down to it, you want to make sure that, um, that everyone has a role that they're happy with their role, or at least accepting of their role. Um, and, and then they're appreciated in that role. So I guess that's kind of my, my outlook about creating a roster. Yeah, you know, you really think of, you know the, the number that your rotation
0: does have a, a lot to do with the, the chemistry and, and who the other guys who are out of the rotation and, and what you're going to do with them and how they're going to function. Josh, what do you think about all that?
2: Well, I I think that Derek did a good job of sidestepping around the question. I never heard him answer how many guys should he keep. <laughs>
1: hey, I'll give you the number. I was I, you the Wait
2: thought. for an answer.
1: My, my, personally, if you want my number, I'd say the the, perf- yeah. the perfect number is twelve, in my opinion. Um, the reason being, I think it's the perfect practice number there. Um, as long as you can get – if you have 12, you know, if everyone's there, you can have, you know, six and six on a team when you're doing stuff. You can have groups of four. You can have groups of three. Um, you can have groups of six and split them. Um, if you're missing a kid because he's sick or he's hurt, you've still got enough to play five on five. I think 12 is the perfect number uh,
2: at the end of the day for me. I, I like that. I, I, I mean, it's probably the truth. You know, 12 probably is the perfect number. I mean, as far as keeping – practice rolling but i think that uh it changes year to year for instance uh, two years ago Derek uh, coached with me we kept 15 guys um we, we basically had a five-man what we called a booger squad uh that's not the, that's not what we called them but they they self they they came up with their own name with a former uh teammate of theirs and uh they were a very glorified uh, bench mob, and uh, and like I said, booger squad. So we it, it worked really well. Um, I enjoyed having the third group at practice. Uh, it was unique, but you know you got this special kids that buy into something like that. I would even argue that twelve is unrealistic in two thousand and twenty because the reality is, is, I'm guessing Derek's not. He, I mean, he mentioned maybe you only playing seven guys. Well that's five guys that are not seeing the floor. That means there's uh, 10 parents that hate you and, and five guys that probably don't like you a lot. So I think, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I think that there's no good answer, except that I'll give you what I like to do selfishly is I want to find the best 10 players in the school, regardless of grade. I don't care if they're freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior, I want the 10 best players with me every single day of the season I feel like I've got to find a way to play nine guys throughout the regular season. Try to play ten, and then, based on my experience two years ago, and based on my my two years at Spring Arbor, in my opinion, um, I I would have a booger squad every year if I could convince them to do it. Now, it maybe that booger squad uses the fifth quarter rule now, or or maybe that. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'd never find one again. I don't know. Maybe it was that rare. But um, I do feel like the best 10 players have to be with the varsity coach. And and I guess now I struggle with where do I go from there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I the numbers, you know, I think the years I've coached, I think the lowest I ever had. Which also happened to be a twenty and team at Pinckney with the Pinckney girls. We had nine girls. It was a, a pay to play year where each of them had to pay five hundred dollars to play that year too. So that explains oh. why the roster was so low. But nine was fine that year, if you know what I'm talking about. We had the right nine. Uh, I've had, I think, the most I've ever kept was fourteen back when. You know, we played two post players and it really wasn't positionless basketball. My my thinking was give me eight perimeter players and six post players at every practice and I would never run out. I could keep guys fresh. We could you know, we could play a lot if we wanted to at practice. So but it still was kind of a heavy bench and keeping guys engaged and keeping guys happy was was tough with 14. I, too, like 12. uh, And I agree with uh, that you're 10 best around the varsity. Those last spots, though, were just critical to. Your team chemistry and, and and can can you make those guys feel valued because when they're not playing, like you said, them and their parents don't always feel valued even though they might be, and can you get them to accept the role? Can you keep the chemistry on the rails? And then and then you know there's other things to think about too. Playing you know playing kids up and down, the chemistry of a team, you know I. Um, you know, it's it, juniors and seniors, you know, it's kind of like, that's a typical varsity team, but you you have sophomores on the varsity. You have freshmen on the varsity uh, that, that sometimes can disrupt chemistry a little bit. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? Is it, is, is grade mean anything to you? Or it's just, let's just get our best guys up there and then we don't care about grades anymore.
2: I, I think that um, it does disrupt chemistry. I, I'll be honest. I, I thought we struggled with it last year as a program. You know, we had, Freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, we were all over the place. And, and um, my, I gave a lot of credit to my older guys. They really embraced the young guys, but the young guys never really fit in. There's a big difference between a 14-and-a-half-year-old going to turn 15 and, and an 18-year-old. There, there just is. But, but that being said, if the freshmen are in the top eight, they fit in because guess what? They help you win. And when you help a team win, you are loved and embraced by all.
1: Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you know, letting the team know that that grade is not determining who I'm playing is really important. It's like, yeah, like you said, if there's a, if there's a freshman in the top, in the top eight, or, you know, then he's going to play. Um, but, but I think it's really important. Uh, we talked about this a little bit previously, but you don't want to take a freshman or a sophomore and, and totally stunt their, their development by not ever letting, not ever getting them in the game. You know, if they're, if they're guy number 10 and you don't, and I think you said, Josh, you, you had to deal with this with some of your freshmen. You eventually had to move them down some to get the minutes. You, yep. don't, you don't want to have, have them never getting to play because at the end of the day, I mean, getting that time on the floor is essential for development. Yeah, all
0: good. All good conversation. And, and, and bottom line is it's it's only a, a couple of months away for us, uh, maybe three at the most. So we'll see. I guess we'll, we'll know a little bit more Wednesday when the MHSAA comes out with their, their next uh, unveiling of information. But – uh, let's uh, let's move on and let's get to our special guest. We are now joined on Coach Speak by Ella Stemmer, a five foot ten inch senior guard from Celine High School, who just recently committed to Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Ella has played varsity basketball for three seasons already, leading the Hornets in scoring, rebounding, and steals all three years. She also has been the alpha on a Celine team that went 22-2 last season and reached the regional finals before COVID-19 spoiled all the fun. Ella, thanks for joining us.
3: Yes, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Our listeners may not know this, but Ella is currently in Warsaw, Indiana with her Michigan Premier team competing uh, in the Hoosier Summer Invitational. Ella, how is that going for you both personally as well as for your team?
3: Yeah, so we're doing great. Um, We had two games yesterday. Uh, We played the Michigan Mystics Dream Team and also the top West Michigan Drive team. And, you know, we really came together as a team. I think we struggled a bit in the first half, but we came together well and, you know, pulled off two wins. So we're doing great.
0: Who's on the docket for you today? Anybody? I'm sure it's going to be tough now. You're into the, what, the semifinals this afternoon.
3: Yeah, so we're playing in the top bracket and we're on the winning side, so let's hope we stay there. So I know there's going to be some tough competition. Uh, first up, we have Sports City U. They have some great top talent, so it's definitely going to be a good game. We have to show up ready to play.
1: Good deal. That's why you're there, I guess, right?
3: <laughs> yep, for sure.
1: Awesome! Hi, Ella. This is uh, this is Derek. First of all, congrats on your commitment to Lehigh. It seems like you're going to get a great combination of education and basketball there. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing with us the factors that went into your decision, or in other words, why Lehigh?
3: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, first off, I want to thank you know every school that recruited me because I had some really great opportunities and. Each college had something special, but at the end of the day, I had to go where I felt most comfortable, and I actually was able to get on campus at Lehigh, even during this COVID, so Lehigh brought that comfort to me. I mean, being eight hours away, uh, I needed to go somewhere that was my home away from home, and Lehigh has an absolutely gorgeous campus and reminds me a lot of Ann Arbor and the Saline area, which is where I'm from, so it made it you know, seem like home.
1: That's very cool. What do you plan on studying there? Yes.
3: Yeah, so I actually want to go to physician's assistant school. So I hope to major in behavior, behavioral, neuro neuroscience. That's a <laughs>
1: mouthful
0: right yeah, there. Yeah,
3: it is. <laughs> but I'm excited. Yep.
1: That's very cool. That's very cool. So looking at, you know, basketball wise there, how do you see yourself fitting in and is there a chance for you to, to play right away or what is the outlook on that, do you think?
3: Yeah, so I hope to have an impact um, right from the beginning. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to put in um, a bunch of work and time to make sure I can compete with those college girls because it's going to be totally different, you know, playing against bigger, faster, stronger players. But uh, coach sees me playing anywhere from a one to a two or a three. So say my natural position is an off-ball the ball guard like a shooting guard but I have been able to play some points you know for high school so that has allowed me to you know grow and become more versatile
1: very cool I'm just curious uh what what style of play does, does Lehigh have as well
3: yeah so they're very um flexible they don't they don't play and you know any players true back to the basket so they you know are very motion oriented so I think that you know, fits very well with how I play. And especially on uh, both my high school and AU teams, we don't, you know, run a ton of sets. We just, you know, play basketball. So I think it's going to be um, an easy transition that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Very good. Ella, who are, you, who are you with family-wise in Warsaw right now?
3: Yes. Yeah, so I'm with my sister and both my parents.
0: Okay. So, and she's down there playing as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so rumor has it that that you owe a little bit of your success maybe to to your father, Eric. Can, can you elaborate? Can, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, how much was he involved in your development as a player, and what kind of relationship do you have with him overall?
3: Absolutely, yeah. So, I would say I definitely have to um, thank them a lot for my support—not just my dad, but my mom and sister too, and even my extended family. They, like everyone, has been so supportive. Um, It's funny, my dad handles the athletics and my mom does the academics, so they each have their own little thing, but uh, my dad has been coaching since, you know, day one when I was playing, and he coached me up until, I would say, around sixth grade, Um, so he definitely developed me as a player. Uh, You know, he still likes to train me, so I enjoy working (laughs) with him, but uh, he calls himself a glorified rebounder now, since I'm just like, hey, dad, let's go get some shots up, so that's primarily (laughs) his role, and then... My mom, she's a teacher at my high school, so she, you know, is around me all the time. She always knows how I am as, as a student, you know, um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and let Ms. Kara Stemmer know that I didn't mean to slight her in the <laughs> you as a player because it was more of that than just the athletic part, but that's cool. Yeah. Now, we hear, we hear Kate, uh, Sister Kate, is a pretty good player as well coming into her freshman year this year mm-hmm. at Celine. Is her game similar to yours or not so much?
3: Uh she is I would say um she's definitely a tenacious defender. That is she is super quick and feisty and scrappy. So, you know, defense is her thing. She's, you know, she'll she'll pressure the ball the heck out of the ball and um so she's she's quick so she'll get up the floor fast. Um she's still developing her offensive game. So, when we play one on one it's funny cuz like, you know, she'll push me to be a better defender and um, a better offensive player. So we each have our own little thing. It's so yeah, we fit in. We yeah, we support each other well.
1: Very good. That's cool. Hey, Ella, so you're playing on one of the top AAU teams in the Midwest with the Michigan Premier Open Gold Squad. Can you tell us uh, what this program and Coach uh, Cabana mean to you?
3: Yeah, for sure. This team has a special place in my heart. I mean, we've been together for so long. I remember, you know, joining this team in seventh grade and Um, there's some top there's some great talent on this team so it's awesome to play with such um, amazing girls and players you know we spent a lot of time together whether it's you know on the core or in hotels and have built some great friendships and you know as our program has grown over the last couple years we've gotten some press about our success but you know it's truly a team effort Uh, we would not win without every piece of the puzzle
1: Nice. How many more tournaments do you guys have left? Is this your last one, or do this you have
3: more is still? our yep, this is our last one. So it's with you know we're definitely sad. Um, it's been a great ride, but we hope to finish it out with a win.
0: Very cool, Ella. Let's uh, let's talk about Celine basketball a little bit. Um, you and your teammates you guys made it to the, the Sweet Sixteen last season and had a legitimate chance, without question, of making it to the Final Four before things got shut down. Mm-hmm. How hard was that? And do you you sometimes play the what-if game in your head?
3: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, words can't even describe how devastated we were. I mean, we had such a remarkable season. Not only did we, you know, break records, but we were truly family. I mean, it's crazy how close this team was on and off the court. And I think that was such a huge attribute to our success. You know, Coach Reen did such a great job. She was very intentional about creating that bond. But, you know, it came natural for the players. You know, um, from the very first practice, we had this goal to win districts and we did just that, but we weren't done. So we um uh, we won the regional semis and then that was the regional finals game that got canceled. So I just remember that last practice and, you know, we didn't want it to end because we knew that. You know it was going to be so sad for everyone, and I just remember sitting in our team room even an hour after practice ended, and we were all just you know trying to enjoy the last moments with each other, and it was it was very emotional and devastating.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Just to recap, the um, you guys were gonna you guys were getting ready to play Brighton in the regional (laughs) final,ly good Brighton team, but a a game that you guys had a a great chance in, and then had you won that, it was very likely you were going to play bedford who you would mm-hmm. split with during the regular season um so it it was the path was there for you guys without question so mm-hmm. hey derek you might want to know this too i mean i i i think this 22 win season that that ella and her teammates had this year set or tied a school record am i right ella
3: yeah we actually set the record
0: okay You're, uh derek your mom's team uh, a few years ago by the way 1982 a uh, fall by the way uh, they we, we even looked it up this morning I I thought they had 21 uh, they got to the regional final lost to Livonia Ladywood that year it's when I met your mom by the way uh, but she um, they, they had 20 wins they only played 19 during the regular season they went 20 and 3 of course Celine was a little different back then class B and uh, playing some smaller schools so it's, it's, it's a it's apples and oranges but still nice to go down memory lane a little bit so that's very cool
1: uh, so Ella, we had you down for averaging 21.4 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and three steals per game last season. You also shot 50% from the floor, 41% from behind <laughs> the arc, and 84% from the free throw line. You're you're, you're real close to that 50-40-90 club there, which is you know, that that crazy milestone that you hear about from those elite elite shooters. That's impressive. But so obviously with you coming back next year, that's a great start. But um, who else is coming back? that played a big role on this 22 and 2 team.
3: Yeah, I think we're definitely going to have some, you know, top talent and I'm excited about continuing this journey. We have, you know, a couple key players. Uh, we did lose some seniors, some um all three of them started, so that will definitely be a bummer, but I think we have some top talent coming up and I think I'm ex- I'm super excited about this season. Mhm.
0: Ella, at Selene, uh, at you guys uh, looked it up. You guys were 11-11 and 11 your freshman year, mm-hmm. and then you were 15-7 and seven your sophomore year. And if I have my facts straight, that sophomore year, you lost a, an epic 28 to oh. twenty six game to Pioneer at home in the district final. Uh, I know personally that losses like that, especially low-scoring ones that are frustrating, can change you a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess what I want to know is uh, what impact did, did that game, that experience have on you and your teammates and did anything change going from your sophomore to your junior year last year?
3: Yeah, I would say our work ethic was incredible. I mean, we were always in the gym year round. So I think you know, after we lost that pioneer game, it was it was devastating. I mean, he, like like you said, with a low scoring <laughs> game like that, like ah, uh, it was just uh, it was very unfortunate. But um, I think we you know, knew our goals and we worked hard to achieve them. So I think work ethic and um, determination combined with, you know, our team chemistry just, just allowed us to excel during the next season.
1: Got it. Yeah. So we've had some fun recently talking about rivalries on the show, particularly the Dexter Chelsea rivalry, <laughs> given that mm-hmm. we're Dexter people and, and, and coach Tropez a, a Chelsea guy, but uh <laughs> Who 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 in your opinion do you do you view as Celine girls basketball's biggest rival?
3: You know, that's a good question. I think we have competed a lot over the last couple of years with um Bedford, Huron, Ann Arbor Huron, and Ann Arbor Pioneer. Um so I would definitely say those, you know, Ann Arbor Schools and Bedford are our rivals. We always, you know, are super hyped up to play them and Bedford's you know very physical it's always a physical game with them and they have some height on their team so you know it's it's crazy how much we scout for a high school program but our team absolutely loves getting you know excited for those big games and especially um, we have some relationships with you know the Ann Arbor players off the course so those you know hit different but um, it's it's always fun to play those big games. Mm-hmm.
0: that that red division is just brutal Mm -hmm. too. I mean, Celine, Bedford, Huron, Pioneer, those are four really good women's basketball teams all in the same conference. Mm -hmm. So uh, game in, game out, it seems like once you guys start league play. Mm
3: -hmm. So, so, Hey, I got
0: a question for you. What basketball aside, what what do you do for fun outside of basketball?
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, basketball takes up a lot of time, (laughs) but uh, I've really enjoyed um, spending a lot of time with my family. I mean, especially with COVID, we were in quarantine for a really long time. So yeah. we have, you know, truly grown um, our relationships with each other. I like to, you know, we play a lot of games. We've you know, been playing solitaire. We made it competitive because, you know, everything's a competition. So there you go. we've been playing solitaire, you know, card games with our family. Um, my sister and I have Tried some cooking, some new recipes. Though I will say, she's the lead chef in our house, at least <laughs> for us. Cause um, it's funny, all the girls. So my mom, sister, and I are vegetarians. So that's something you know fun about us. We you know try and explore food options that way. Um, so we've definitely grown that in that aspect. We also have a dog, so we've been taking her for a lot of walks, um, as I'm sure a bunch of other families have over quarantine. Um, yeah, I like spending time with friends as well. We have a pool, so usually we're you know out at the pool all the time. Yeah.
0: What's your dog's name, Ella?
3: Harper. She's a um I'm gonna be four in December, and she's a golden retriever.
0: All right. Our last guest had the dog. Dog was going crazy in the back. Oh. Waiting for for
1: Harper to start start yapping a little bit. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Also, let's talk a little bit about um, Coach Leanne Reen you know her as well as anyone since your varsity career lines up right with when she got there. Um, How would you describe her as a coach and what's it like playing for her?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a tremendous role model because she is just so passionate about the game. I mean, she grew up in the gym. Her dad was actually the varsity coach. So it's funny. He's always at her games and supporting us. So um, they definitely have a great relationship. And I think she shares that, love for basketball with you know everyone she's around um she has such a strong commitment to our high school program like you said she she got the job when I was an incoming freshman so I've just seen her create such a great culture and she dedicates so much time and energy into our you know our team and our program and it's awesome because she is so big on community involvement so she has started a lot of you know programs that you know try and um Get involvement from you know younger players like, you know our younger girls who are gonna play in high school because, you know just making sure that there's some inspiration for them that way. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, Coach Reem had had a lot of good things to say about you as well. By the way, <laughs> I, the one thing that she that stood out, you know, she said you are simply a matchup nightmare for opponents, and <laughs> yeah. that makes her job a lot easier. She admitted. Uh, that said, you know, what part of your game do you take the most pride in?
3: I would say I really like to shoot the ball. Um, I've been working on my extending my range, but um, I've also developed as a defensive player. So especially in the AU, I love playing defense because I don't know. I just, I always like, somehow I always get in the um, the other person's head and just create havoc. But uh, I would say something I've developed a lot for high school is my ball handling skills. Um, coming in I was always naturally an off the ball guard, but Coach Reem said that, you know, I might have to step in as point guard and at first I was shocked because, you know, I've never played point guard before, but it actually was such a blessing because I've grown as a player and I think my ball handling skills are something that makes me more versatile because I can take someone off the bounds or even post up because of my size on a you know smaller guard so I think she has you know helped me so much becoming more versatile
0: right now, is there is there a part of your game that, that you're that you think kind of needs the most attention heading into the collegiate level or mm-hmm. is it just pretty much just working everything
3: uh I would say having a focus on um attacking the rim and just creating a shot. Cause, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, I really like to, you know, create my shot, you know, off a cut or move without the ball or even create a shot for someone else. But I think, you know, the next step would be to take someone, you know, even just like a, you know, incorporate some step backs or some mid range pull-ups or some, you know, new moves that way. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, she, she just, she raved uh coach Reem raved about shit that, Yeah extremely skilled with a high IQ that's always a great combination but <laughs>
3: just
0: that long athletic uh handles deep range uh, also a great passer again beautiful combination so but she you know she talked about too you, you know she says you're that kid um I'm I'm a quoter ella is that kid the one who comes around rarely she builds relationships with all of the players and coaches in the program she's a leader in the locker room and on the floor and her work ethic rubs off on everyone. She's very goal oriented and driven. So that's uh, that's really the ultimate compliment if you think coming from your high school coach. So that's pretty cool. So
3: yes, mm-hmm. we are very thankful for her. She has been, you know, so supportive. She is. She's just awesome.
1: Yeah, I believe it. I believe it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Also, obviously, you're very busy playing basketball yourself. Um, you know, even with, with AAU and, and high school ball. But um, I'm curious if you watch much basketball and if so, which players or teams do you like the best?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, I, we definitely enjoy watching college basketball. Unfortunately, um, you know, with March Madness getting canceled and obviously there's no more college basketball on. Um, it's been disappointing, but we always enjoy, you know, watching the women play. Cause I think, You know, I can see things that can transition into my game or even when I play at the next level, I notice things that I'm going to have to work on. So, you know, we're so close to um, the University of Michigan's campus, so we um, often go to their games. Um, They're always fun to watch and, you know, learn from. And uh, we always, as I said, with the March Madness women's team, you know, some watching some of the top talent in the country. it's, It's just so much fun. Mm
0: hmm pretty good ella i'll tell you what i we, we could go on and on but we're gonna we're gonna let you go it it has been an absolute pleasure talking basketball with you your coaches said it was going to be and it, and they were right and we we really appreciate you coming on the show
3: yeah thank you so much for having me it's it's awesome it's a pleasure good,
0: good luck the rest of the weekend with your premier team good luck with the hornets next season and uh, we'll definitely be following the mountain hawks uh, that's the lehigh's nickname in the future so take care
3: awesome thank you you too all
0: right Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed that interview. Outstanding player and leader without question. But I was also impressed with Ella's uh, basketball IQ and just how she talks the game.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I thought that, you know, sometimes high school kids don't always, you know, have that uh, the, the the vocabulary built up. Um, and I thought Ella really had that, you know, she was talking about all different types of things and, and uh, describing styles of play and ways she can improve on her game um, that were really impressive. And, and um, you can just tell that she's played a ton of basketball um, and she knows a lot about it. And, and she honestly sounds like the kind of, just based on that uh, interview, sounds like the kind of person who could, who could be a good coach in the future.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I had to miss the interview due to a uh, family obligation, but I've had a chance to listen to it before the post interview here, and very impressive young lady, no question about it. Obviously, I feel bad for her because I wasn't part of the interview because her experience would have been that much better. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but that being said, uh, I thought she she did a great job. You know, it's it's a, the theme. We've had three really good student athletes on here, and and I would say the the thing that's come through with all three of them is they are team first. They're, they're great uh, for culture and locker room. The things they talk about are very mature as far as what we need to do as a team and a program and, and relationships. And I liked how she mentioned her high school coach was really deliberate about building those. Just, I think it's a good message for all um, aspiring young athletes out there. If, if you want to get to the next level and you want to be elite like Colin was and Julian and, and Ella, you need to be a team first kid. You know I, that really came across with Ellen.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing too. I mean, there are just there's some people out there. I don't want to make too much of, of gender, but there, I think there are some people out there that maybe don't don't take women's basketball as serious as they do men's basketball. She uh she she puts a she breaks down that that stereotype. I mean, like I said, uh, and I, I love some of the the kids that I've coached in recent years, uh, even in the ones I'm dealing with at all right now. But her basketball IQ, you can tell them. She sits and watches the game. It's not just just uh, a social hour she's watching it for a, with a purpose and and she you know she she understands exactly what's going on from an action standpoint or even coaching strategy and i don't know that a lot of young people do that all the time and they need to do it more to raise their basketball iq and coaches can raise iq but it's nice when they do it on their own sometimes too and i think she's definitely done that so you know and, and <clears throat> since ella will be attending uh lehigh university following uh her senior year, I think it's only natural to mention a former Lehigh basketball player, C.J. McCollum, who uh, who figured prominently in Portland's play-in game victory over Memphis
1: yesterday. Did anyone see uh, C.J. go to work in the fourth quarter? He was very impressive uh, in getting that win. He had a couple big threes down, down the stretch. I, to be honest, I didn't see the whole game, but I saw the highlights, and, and uh, he was essential.
2: I know you were moving yesterday and things like that, Derek. I, I actually watched the game with my boys. Um, just incredible game by CJ Uh, fourth quarter. I mean, I think he had eight in the last three minutes. I I think he was 11 and 19 from the field. I mean, he just completely took over that game. Um, And I, which was again, I I just said this about Ella and I'm going to now say it about Damian Lillard. What was most impressive to me is that, But Lillard never looked to get his – I don't think he scored in the fourth quarter. He never forced. They were doubling and face-guarding him. And all he did was go stand in a corner (laughs) and make it four-on-four and let C.J. take over. I mean, that again, selfless not about me, about getting the W, um, and, and that's that's an NBA, you know, future Hall of Famer. I mean, right. so I was really impressed with that by Damian Lillard as well. What's your guys' take, uh, Derek? What do you
0: think about the the play-in-game concept? That was the, that was the first one. I don't know that it will stick, but
1: what do you think about it? Um, I thought it worked really well for the bubble. It uh, gave a purpose to the seeding games for a lot of these teams that they brought in. It uh, gave some excitement for the fans watching because, I mean, a lot of the top teams were just coasting. Right. Um. So it gave you some some high level basketball to follow. Overall, I just I don't know that it's every year it's going to be a a great game. I mean, your your eight nine seed teams are. I mean, is it always going to be um, a really good matchup? I don't know because I mean, the only reason you could say the only reason the Trailblazers are in the spot that they were in is because they had so many injuries. I mean, Zach Collins and Nurkic were hurt basically the entire year, um, and they were struggling with that. I think they had some injuries even with with, um, with Damon McCollum. So I don't know, and plus with it being the the nine seed has to beat the eight seed twice, it just it's such a long shot in, in that
2: circumstance. But it's
1: a unique idea. I like that they're trying new things.
2: I love it. I mean, I my my only thing, and and this is where I again, I. I think it was great, but I feel like the Suns got robbed. I mean, how do you go into the bubble and go undefeated (laughs) and not have a shot for the playing game? Like, why did they even invite them then? I mean, why invite them if they're going to – I mean, they couldn't have done anything more than they did. I I don't understand that. The Suns should have played Memphis yesterday, and the winner should have played the the Blazers today. That would have been even better. Yeah, I I could agree.
1: I I was really hoping the Suns would get in there. Again, the – the Grizzlies ended up getting a, hit with a bunch of injuries in the bubble. So it would have made for a lot more exciting game. I think if you had the the Suns versus the, the Blazers and Booker versus, versus Dame would have been really cool. You guys, uh, you guys have any predictions uh, uh, on the NBA playoffs, which I believe start Monday. Well, for me, I, I've always been a LeBron guy. So I've, uh, I've got my fingers crossed there that, that they can uh, get it going. They have not looked good uh, since getting to the bubble, but uh, I'll be uh, cheering for them. I don't know that if I was a betting man that I would choose them. I, you know, I still think it's pretty obvious the Clippers have the best talent, but uh, they've obviously had their fair share of issues, um, and and chemistry hasn't hasn't been able to be built as much. But uh, but yeah, my my if I had to if I had to give a prediction, I'd say Lakers over Bucks in the finals. Mm, uh, that's a okay. little home home cooking there. And and I, I got to give a shout out to the uh, to the Heat because my man Duncan. Duncan Robinson <laughs> has been lighting it up. He's my, he's by far my favorite player in the NBA, even more than LeBron. So I'm hoping they can make a run, but that's a long shot there.
2: Yeah, he is something, man. It, what it, about you, well, well, I'll tell you what. If it's Lakers Bucks, as bad as as I miss sports and TV, I don't even know if I would watch that. But um, also I. The reason you love Duncan Robinson is he makes you believe you could have played the M- NBA. He's the <laughs> only player as white and slow as you, Derek. And that's what, that's why you love it. That, that, I know that's what it's all about. Yeah, he's so, six
1: inches taller than me. That was yeah, that's was true. That, that's
2: true. But, um, no, I I uh, I do not want to see Giannis or LeBron in the finals, I, although I, I wouldn't be surprised if Derek is right, but I, I don't want to see either one of those teams. I would love, love to see – uh, the Mavs or Rockets make a run. I, I don't think they have what it takes. I, I, I think Derek, what he said at the beginning was probably correct. It'll probably be the Clippers from the West. Um, in the East, I, I would love to see the the Celtics or Raptors. I like the style of play that they play. Um, I, I do like the Miami Heat. I do like Duncan Robinson. I don't think they have what it takes to make a run in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see Raptors or, or Celtics against the Clippers. I think that make for a great final.
0: I, for some reason, I I have no, it's just a gut feeling. I think the Raptors or the Celtics are going to come out of the of the East uh, for whatever reason, the bucks have been the best team and probably are the best team, but it is the playoffs. And for some reason, I just, I, I like, I like the other side of that. And I, and I'm all Lakers on the other end. I got the Lakers to win it all regardless of, of some of the issues they're dealing with. But again, that's best because of my, uh, I'm pretty fond of, of LeBron as well. So it, it it's going to be fun regardless Uh and a Lakers Bucks final would not make me turn it off Josh and and Josh speaking to you I got one I got one last question did you pay money to like Chelsea football players to to go on Instagram and view the uh the little uh soundbite that we put on about you calling Griffin Murphy the best quarterback in the area because we've got about four times as many views of that as we have any other soundbite and they all seem to be Chelsea folks and Chelsea football players so that is that is that was it is it five bucks? A hit? What, what, how, did you, how did you work that out? Well, actually,
2: no. I I'm not on the gram as my my oh, sons right. call that's it right. the <laughs> gram. But I, I will say, I mean, I just there's a obviously a big football following in Chelsea, and and I would say that most people that live in the city limits would also agree with me that that Griffin was borderline spectacular in leading them to the state semifinals last year, and and I think we're all expecting you know really big things from him uh, this spring, not this fall, no, but true, this man. spring. Yeah.
0: I'm sure he's a great quarterback. I'm just giving you a hard time, and that oh, Chelsea, I know the Chelsea bias is, uh, you know, starting to wear on me a little bit. But well,
2: I, I feel bad because I missed the interview today, and now there's even going to be more belief that there's a Celine bias. So I, I, and not in a good way. So
0: I think I think Ella was fine with it, Derek. Do, do you agree? Because she I, she kind of said Josh who when we, when we mentioned your name. I, sure that's I said, but, uh, so. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, that uh, that does it for this episode of Coach Speak. Derek, Josh, always great talking hoops with you, uh, and football as well, I guess. But uh, we thank everyone for listening in, and look forward to next time uh, when we get together again to talk high school basketball in the greater Ann Arbor area. Until yeah, it's,
2: then, it's basketball season, Coach. It Let's is go.
0: basketball season. Until then, stay safe, mask up, and peace.